Hey everybody, it's Mike Brickheim. Thanks for joining us again today for another edition of the Getting to Know podcast. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by my friend and colleague Noah Benz. Noah, welcome to the Getting to Know podcast. Hey Mike, thanks. Happy to be here. Excited to have a little conversation. Glad to have you. So Noah, tell us what your title is and then we'll talk a little bit about your role. I am Nina's general counsel. I've been in this position uh, since 2018. So previous to serving as Nina's general counsel, you were with Nina, but what, what role did you play then? So I started with the company in 2005. I wasn't here at the spinoff, joined about one year after, and I started as associate general counsel. So I've been in the legal department, company lawyer for my entire career here at Nina. Started as associate general counsel, deputy general counsel for a number of years after that. And then uh, fortunate enough to be in the role that I'm in today as general counsel. As the company's top lawyer, like what actually goes into a day in the life? Like what, what, where do you spend the majority of your time? I spend the majority of my time asking myself what happened to my day. Probably a lot like you. I, I, I look at my calendar. I plan what I think I'm going to accomplish for the day. And then like five other things happen and I have to deal with those things during the day. But what I would say is that the lawyers that work for me, um, Travis and Bree, I refer to them as the company's day-to-day -day lawyers, which allows me to focus on mostly strategic items, board of director, corporate governance items, and just providing counsel to, to senior management. And so my day is a lot of meetings, um, a lot of meetings that I didn't know were on my, my calendar until uh, that day. So a lot of thinking uh, on my feet, but I, I don't have a very good attention span. So uh, that actually fits my personality pretty well. So you, you get me 20, 30 minutes, move on to a new topic. I'm good with that. So what's a great day look like as a general counsel for Nina? Well, that's an easy start. It's a, it's a softball question. A great day starts with zero injuries because risk also rolls up through the legal department. So we see every accident and injury uh, that occurs at Nina. So uh, any day where we don't get a notice of an incident is a great day. Beyond that, it's really, you know, it, we're kind of like the umpires or, or the referees. We don't want any attention. So if we don't get in the way or if there's no need to call on legal counsel, then we consider that a great day. When did you know you wanted to be a lawyer? So I grew up in a small town and my dad, his dad and dad before that were all eye doctors. And I have an older brother who declared he was going to be an eye doctor uh, when we were little kids. And so the only other job that I knew was a lawyer because my uncle was a lawyer in that small town. So happened that it turned out to fit everything I wanted to do. But yeah, pretty uh, early I declared that was going to be my, my profession. And my brother actually turned out to be an eye doctor as well. He's a practicing ophthalmologist in Houston, Texas. So do you have like the most stereotypically proud parents in the world who have like one, one doctor, one lawyer son? The joke that I always tell people is that uh, my brother is a retina specialist, which means he works on macular degeneration, which is really blindness. And so he cures blindness every day for a living. So it doesn't really matter what I bring home. It's hard to compete when you get to the dinner table about, hey, what did you do today? I reviewed some contracts or we worked on an M&A deal. We bought a company. Hey, what'd you do? Oh, we're just curing blindness every day. That's all. So grew up in a small town. What what small town? Where? And, and, and talk to us a little bit about the, the early days. So I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan and grew up in a town called Adrian, 
about 20, 30 minutes from there between Ann Arbor and the Ohio border. My parents grew up there. I literally grew up on the street over the, the next street over from the street my parents grew up on. They met in first grade. They still live in Adrian. My grandparents were in that same town. So it was definitely idyllic small town youth, uh, older brother, younger sister. Uh, like I said, my parents are still there, but funny enough, her kids are all spread out. I'm in Atlanta, my brother's in Houston, and my sister's in Toronto. So we always said Michigan was a good launch pad to start, but uh, we all ended up at different places. Yeah, that's great. Of course, Munising is a great place to stay, but you know, the rest of Michigan is a great launch pad. Well, you know, if you're from Ohio or if you're a Buckeye, yeah, then maybe. Although I did go to college in Ohio, so I can't be too hard on it. So you um, graduate from high school and you head off to play football, right? I played Division three football at Ohio Wesleyan University, it's Delaware, Ohio, about half hour north of Columbus. Um, had a great four years there. Uh, and then uh, when it was time to decide where I wanted to go to law school, because that was my path, um, I was really looking to be in a bigger city. And it was the timing where the Olympics were going to be in Atlanta in 96. And so it was 95 when I was um, applying to law school. And I thought, how much fun would that be to be in the city where they're hosting the Olympics and get to go to school? And, you know, probably not the best strategic decision as far as choosing schools, but it's the that's, it's worked out for me, I guess. And you went straight through from undergrad right into law school? Yeah, yeah. Is that a uh, more common path? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's it's all over the board. Knew a lot of people that took a couple years and then went back, um, but I wouldn't say I don't know the s statistics on it. But if I could do it again, I probably would work for a couple years because I didn't know anything about running a business or the real world. Or I probably would have you know taken some different classes in law school if I'd spent some time actually working before I went through school. I had a liberal arts under undergrad degree and was very theoretical and and you know did the same thing in law school. And so then when you got dumped into the real world and trying to to make money on your own, uh, you had to figure all that stuff out. So that's what I told my kids constantly. I was like, whatever you do, take business classes, take finance classes, because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. No matter what your profession is, you're, you're trying to make money at the end of the day. So Noah, you knew you wanted to go to law school early on. Did you know right away the area that you wanted to specialize in? I'd love to tell you that like, I think certain people have that in mind. I had no idea what I wanted to do. In a lot of ways, I thought I was going to come down to Atlanta, spend a few years in law school, and then go back to my hometown and take over my uncle's practice and be a small town lawyer. And I just happened to get an internship at a firm uh, between my first and second years uh, that summer of the Olympics because I wanted to stay in town. Had a great experience with that firm. Happened to spend most of my time uh, with the real estate group there. And so I kind of fell into it. I started in commercial real estate just because I liked the people and really was in commercial real estate until I went in-house and then really until I came to Nina, real estate is what brought me to Nina in a lot of ways because we had a million acres of uh, timberlands in Canada and our general counsel at the time, he and I had worked together at another in-house opportunity. And so he needed a real estate lawyer because we were uh, planning to sell off those timberlands as part of our strategic plan. So I, I joined Nina and within 10 days, I was in a hundred acre clear cut up in the middle of nowhere in, in Nova Scotia. So, And after that, it was just sort of learning on the job with everything else. What's the biggest difference between working at the firm and going in-house to be counsel? The big thing for me was, um, and the reason that I really wanted to go in-house, was about um, 
owning your deals, owning your negotiations. Uh, felt like you were a hired gun, which you really kind of are as outside counsel. I mean, you're a subject matter expert, expert, but you'll negotiate a deal, you'll negotiate a contract, and then you move on to the next one, which is a totally different client, totally different matter. Um, what I like about uh, being in-house is that you own all of these, and I've been here now since 2005, so 16 years almost, and everything that comes around, I'm like, yeah, I remember when we negotiated the contract. Yeah, I did that, you know, and so, um, you know, it's it's good to have that, and it's good for me. It's like you feel like a pride and ownership, a responsibility for the work that you do. So that was the biggest difference to me. In your 16 years at Nina, you've seen a lot of strategies kind of come and go and work out. Like it feels like based on my observations, what I've learned here over the past year is that we've just continued to evolve. So as you've seen people and strategies and categories come and go, what are you most excited about as it relates to where we are today and, and kind of this new strategy, new vision, new mission that, that Julie's brought? A couple different things. I think what's really exciting is the, is the team that we have together, both at corporate and that we've built throughout the company through acquisitions. I feel like we're in a really good spot where we've got the opportunities to continue to grow our business in, in a few different areas. Whereas when we were first spun off, I mean, we were a, a pretty narrowly focused company. But in a lot of ways, this is a continuation of the strategy that we've had since day one, which was to evolve our business into a growing uh, specialty materials company. And it's taken 16 years to get uh, to where we are today with some stops and starts. But it's, you know, it's been really exciting to see that strategy come together. And I feel like we're in growth categories now, which really have some, um, some real macro trends behind them uh, where it makes sense for us to invest. And I think we can be really, really successful. So that's probably the most exciting thing for me. So born in Ann Arbor, grew up outside of Adrian, off to Ohio for college, law school in Atlanta, stay in Atlanta. You meet your lovely bride, Vanessa, at what step along the way there? So after law school uh, in Atlanta, uh, one of her, or probably her best friend growing up, actually married a, a friend of mine. So we met through that kind of social circle. You know, that was another reason I stayed in Atlanta. You marry a local, then, you know, you're pretty much staying here. I mean, her family's from here. So once I made that decision, which was an easy decision for me, I knew we were staying. You've got Samuel and Cece, right? Yep. And he's off to college next year. That's right. He's actually right now probably taking his last final for his very last day of school. And he's off to Elon University in North Carolina next year. And then Cece's a, a rising senior, uh, finishing up her junior year this year. So she's just one year behind him. So yeah, I'm like one year away from being an empty nester, which is kind of crazy. How far apart are they calendar-wise? One year in school, but... Yeah, they're less than two years apart, like 20 months apart. Um, so we just decided we were going to do everything all at once. How are you guys dealing with the uh, the idea of sending the boy off? It's funny. I think depending on whether you're the, the father or the mother, like for me, for, for Samuel, I'm super excited for him. Like I remember being in that position. I think he's ready to go. Um, I think mom's going to be pretty pretty crushed by that. <laughs> we're going to have to take some time to get her through uh, – her, her little boy uh, going off to school, but I'll probably feel, I, actually, I know I'll feel more that way next year when Cece goes. And I think it's just sort of the mother, son, father, daughter thing, you know, where you associate more with the, um, I do with Samuel and I'm just more excited for him than, than anything. 
we had a graduation party for my middle child last night and I was talking to another dad whose first one is about to head off. And I told him, look, I don't know anything, but what I recall with my oldest one leaving is I thought I was ready to go. I thought I was ready for that. And I thought I was ready to be the tough guy and be there to support my wife. But the thing I forgot was how difficult it was going to be to see the other two say goodbye to her. And that tore me up. Yeah, that's actually, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's going to be tough. And, and Cece's already talked about that. She's, uh, I mean, she jokes about it being left alone with uh, with her parents at home for a year. But I think she's really going to miss her big brother. And that, you're right, that'll probably get me more than anything. Yeah, that's that's a tough thing. So what do you guys do for fun when the whole family's together here in these uh, waning days and weeks uh, before the dynamic changes forever? So the, the running joke in our family with our kids is that all Vanessa and I want to do is go hiking. It's like the only thing that we bring up. Like if we've got free time on a weekend, we're like, hey, you guys want to go for a hike? That's sort of the, the joke with the kids. Or we, we really do. We love being outside, love sports. Um, so anything we can uh, do related to sports, definitely top of the list. And we all love music. Seeing live music, hearing music, playing music, that's constantly heard throughout our house. So They're also fans of the outdoors. Are they big music fans too? Uh, so they're much more music fans than they are of the outdoors. So we get teased a lot that they kind of drag, we, we drag them along on, on, on some of these, these hiking trips. But they're huge, huge music fans. Um, Cece is a singer and, and plays guitar. And, and Samuel is, is really into music as well. So it's definitely a, a focal point for our family. And one of the things that we've really missed over the last year is being able to see live music. So we're super excited to see things opening up here in in Georgia and, and um, start to go back to those uh, events. What's the best concert you and Vanessa have seen together? Together, I would say we saw Prince at the Tabernacle when he was doing this tour called the Hit and Run Tour, where he didn't announce that he was playing until the day before. And this was back in the day where, like, if you remember, Ticketmaster was at uh, your local Publix or grocery store. So you had to go stand in line and, and get tickets. And I happened to be driving past the Publix listening to the radio and they announced that Prince was coming the next night to the Tabernacle. So I pulled over into the parking lot and ran into the line and I got us tickets. And I don't know if you've been to the Tabernacle for a show, but it's a, for those that don't know what this is, it's a old converted church, which just has unbelievable acoustics. And it's a really small venue. And Prince played with just like a five piece band and played literally every song you possibly would have wanted him to hear. And it was, that was a, that was a pretty special concert. That's really cool. Uh, what what was the time frame on that? That had to have been 2001, 2002, something like that. Yeah. What was your first concert? Do you remember? Yes. It was Def Leppard uh, with Europe opening up for him at the Castle in Charlevoix, Michigan. Uh, when I was a young kid, my dad took me to that show. It was one of those amphitheaters where, you know, it's got the seats below and, and the lawn um, up top. And we sat in the lawn and watched Def Leppard. Very cool. Back to Nina. If you had a magic wand, Noah, and could wave it and um, change one thing about our organization, what would it be? Again, I'm going to use this as a complete softball because I think it's totally true. I think we're in the process of doing it, which is to completely remove workplace injuries. We've done okay, but we've kind of fought this for a long time, and it really feels like we're making such improvements this year. Seeing us go a month without injury 
throughout the globe, seeing you know just one injury the next month. That's incredibly exciting. I think it's transformative for our business. And so I think that that I think we are in the process of waving that wand because um, we're making a change there. And and I got involved in safety all the way back in 2009. Coming in, I had no manufacturing background, so I was really coming in as a novice. But I've got a lot of passion around around safety and, and the importance of keeping our employees safe. So to see where we are and how we're performing this year is beyond exciting. So you've been, you know, the company's primary go-to as it relates to all things COVID policies and practices. How does your experience on the safety front apply? Has it been helpful? Is it just, or, or is this just, it's a pandemic and you're just kind of learning as we go or? Both. I mean, I think that's what you just said there at the end is is kind of the hard part, which is, you know, the more I learn about COVID and the approach and, and you know, the safety precautions that have been put in place, the more you realize that people are really learning in real time and there aren't precedents in place. And you have to, if you keep employee safety as the, the primary focus and make your decisions based on that, you know, that's really the best you can do and then take the guidance from the experts. Um, but it's been an interesting and really amazing experience over the last year. I remember being at our safety summit in Wisconsin uh, back in March of, uh, of last year and everything happening so fast that we started writing our COVID policies at night after our sessions during the day because you could just see how quickly this was evolving, you know, and trying to stay one step ahead of it. And that, that felt so surreal um, at the time because you were really writing these things from scratch and, and never having had dealt with a, a pandemic or anything of that nature. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that. It was really one of those things that just gets etched in your memory. With the benefit of hindsight, is there anything that stands out that you wish we would have done differently or faster? Honestly, I'm really proud of the way the company responded. Um, you know, you really find out who you are in a crisis, right? Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. That's the, is that the Tyson quote? But to see the way that our, our, our facilities uh, in particular looked at that crisis, understood what we had to do, kept employee safety primary, and then, you know, running the business secondary right after that, um, you know, and keeping the, the facilities open and keeping people employed uh, was such a huge priority. And to see what we were able uh, to do, I don't know that I'd change anything. I feel really good about, you know, a lot of the, the choices that we made there. What advice would general counsel Noah Benz after 16 years at Nina tell the dude that was joining Nina 16 years ago? spend more time in the facilities earlier. Particularly for me, I needed to get to know the business and get to know the people. And it's hard to, to give good advice when you really don't understand how everything works and how everything's put together. And then I would have said, um, get up to speed on the business side faster. As I said, I was a pretty theoretical liberal arts uh, degree student and, and really had to learn on my feet to get the business side to a level where I was really comfortable. And that was sort of a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Um, and I would have focused on that earlier. I would have, That's the advice I'd give myself. If there was a movie about your life, Noah, what would it be called? What would it be called? Oh, um, so in law school, I lived with um, a bunch of my friends from Michigan that had moved down to kind of, you know, move to Atlanta and take on the big city. and. 
So I was in this really unique position where I was going to law school. They were all out in the working world, you know, working different jobs. In fact, for a while, they all worked for uh, this bar in Buckhead that one of my roommates was managing. And so they were sort of on the night shift and I was on the day shift. And we sort of passed each other uh, going by. But my nickname was The Counselor um, and still is. I mean, that's what my friends still call me. So I'd, I'd say that's probably would be the title of the movie. I like that. I like that. Who do you think would play the role of Noah Benz in The Counselor? Who would I want to play it or who would they probably cast? Those might be different. How about both? <laughs> when I grow my hair out, you've seen me, I shave my head a lot, but I've got the curly hair kind of like you do when, when I let it grow. And for whatever reason, um, I get that people I tell me I look like uh, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Chris McDonald, I think, is that actor. So maybe that would be cast. I tell you what, it would be impossible for me to believe that Shooter McGavin's hair grows faster than yours because like, <laughs> you will shave your head and have your uh, flowing locks back in about 20 minutes, it seems. So that would be my pick that they probably cast. I don't know if, who I would want them to cast. I don't know. I've always liked Bruce Willis. How about that? I like that. That's a good call. So Noah, at the end of every Getting to Know podcast, we hit our guests with, with the um, same three questions. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do those for you right now, okay? What is at all times in the Ben's family refrigerator? So uh, salsa, an absolute chips and salsa fiend. I could probably live on that if I had to choose one thing to eat for the rest of my life for whatever reason. So we always have salsa in the fridge. And then, um, you know, being good, loyal Atlanta family, there has to be Coca-Cola. There's always Coke in the fridge. Yeah. Like like straight up fatty old Coke? Oh, yeah. Old school Coke classic. Absolutely. All right. Gotcha. Amongst the people that know you well, including but not limited to your Michigan roommates who you uh, served as a counselor for, what would you say you're most famous for? So... I've actually referred to as having my famous seven-layer dip, which is hilarious, but we used to throw tailgates all the time, and that was like the thing that I would bring, and my family still asks for that. So when we go on vacation with my extended family, I'm always tasked with making my famous seven-layer dip. So, yeah. It probably goes along well with the salsa too, right? Salsa is definitely in there. Yeah. Very good. Very good. What would you say you're most looking forward to right this very moment? travel both personally and honestly for work but i feel like we've been we have been locked down for so long that uh, i'm ready to get back out on the road well no i certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule as our top lawyer it's been great getting to know you i'm sure the uh, listening audience would feel the same way so thank you very much for your time and sharing some perspective with us today yeah thanks mike it's been fun you bet. To the listening audience, thanks for joining us for another Getting to Know podcast. Enjoyed having Noah on, and we'll talk to you again in two more weeks. Bye.